Welcome to the Money Creators Podcast, where we talk all things business. Whether you need a bit of inspiration, business know-how, or just a good swift kick to get you going, we're here to help. For true money creators, it isn't about the money. It's about lifestyle and freedom, contribution and purpose. It's about creation and doing what you were meant to do. This is the Money Creators Podcast. Hi, everybody. Chris Strickland here once again with the Money Creators Podcast. I want to welcome everyone back. Today, I am really, really excited. I say that all the time, but I am very, very excited to have my good friend, Chad Bartlett, on with us. And uh, just you are going to get so much from listening to Chad. He and I have had the privilege of working together now for several years. Uh, in the real estate industry and in coaching other people and training other people. And Chad, Chad truly is one of the best trainers that I've ever had the privilege of learning from. And so I want to introduce Chad by just kind of giving him a little bit of plug. You are going to get so much out of listening to him. You see, Chad went from his, his backstory is he went from uh, working uh, a regular job working, I think it was like 60 hours a week or more uh, as an auto mechanic. And he went and transformed his life from that all the way through to now, I can officially call him a global citizen. And so really, really cool. He's able to lead the lifestyle that he wants along with his wife and kids. And they can live wherever they want throughout the world. Uh, Currently, they are living in South America and uh, just really, really cool stuff. Chad is a speaker, an author, an entrepreneur, a real estate coach, trainer, and most importantly, he is a devoted husband and father. And so with that, I want to welcome on Chad, who is truly mastering the autopilot lifestyle. So Chad, welcome to the show. Chris, I'm excited to be here with you, man. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me. Oh, absolutely, man. I, I am really, really excited. Like I said, we've known each other for quite a while, but this is really exciting to uh, be able to get you on here and kind of share your story and some of the things that you've learned along the way. So it's going to be going to be some cool times together here. Looking forward to it. Speaking of cool times, uh, I wanted to share a little story uh, that um, uh, that happened to Chad and I many, many years ago. Well, a few years ago, I guess. And uh, it's, a, it's one of those important life lessons. We were actually, we had the privilege to be training together down in Sydney, Australia. And on some of our off time, we went down and uh, we were just looking for some souvenirs. And um, we happened to go into this shop and we learned a really, really important life lesson when we went into the shop and started talking to the shop owner. Uh, we had found some pieces that we had wanted. And of course, coming from the real estate you know, having a real estate background and everything, investing in real estate, you're always used to negotiating. You're used to, uh, you know, trying to get the best deal on, on whatever it is you're, you're looking for. And so that carries over into other parts of your life. So we were looking at these souvenirs and found some pieces that we wanted. And Chad, I, I learned from you uh, some of the best negotiation techniques that are out there. Um, why don't you kind of tell the rest of that story, Chad? Man, I, that was so long ago. I think that you probably have a better <laughs> recollection of it than I do. Um, I can't wait to hear how this ends. <laughs> All I really remember is that, uh, or, or taking away from that is that um, 
there's not a lot of negotiation that goes on in Australia, I don't think. <laughs> they shut us down? She shut us down. She uh, basically kicked us out of her, out of her little shop. And, oh, uh, I remember this. You remember now? <laughs> I do remember that. Oh, my goodness. Chris. Too funny. I feel bad about it now that I'm thinking about it. You're, you're bringing up old wounds. Um, I was such a smuck because I was trying to negotiate on artwork. <laughs> I was trying to negotiate. I think you personally insulted that poor lady. I'm totally. I should send her an apology. <laughs> Thanks for bringing that up, Chris. Yeah. Sorry, man. Sorry. But we can't uh, win them all, can we, huh? We live in can't win them all. Can't win them all. Good stuff, though. It's good times. All right, Chad. So again, great to have you on the show. Why don't you just give us uh, a little bit of an idea of who Chad Bartlett is, what your background is, and, and just kind of your you know, three-minute version of your journey so far. All right. Three-minute version of my journey. Um, you know, I'll tell you what, Chris, it, it kind of starts, my motivation uh, in real estate starts from me wanting more from life. And as, a, as, as I was growing up, I didn't really know what that looked like until I had kids. And once I had kids, I realized what I really wanted was to be the dad that I didn't have. Um, you know, long story short, my dad wasn't around. When I had kids, it made me look and say, how can, how can somebody be like that? You know, so now I want to as entrepreneurs, Chris, we're blessed that we have the opportunity or the foresight or the ambition to create life how we want it to be created through business, through, through routines, through, um, you know, fundamentally changing the way that we see things. You know, a lot of people believe in, you know, let's go to college and let's get a good job so that I can be comfortable. And for whatever reason, that never really resonated with me. For me, it was all about how can I be in control of my time? I'm a big control freak. <laughs> so I wanted to be in control of my time. It, it, and, you know, like you mentioned, I was a mechanic. And as an employee, it never really resonated with me well. It never sat well with me that I had to ask another human being permission on what to do with my time. If my kid had a school function and wanted me to be there during the middle of a workday, I have to go to another human being and ask them if it's okay if I spend time with my daughter. If I have a doctor's appointment and I want to go to a doctor, I have to ask the, 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 the boss, hey, does this fit into your schedule that I can go take care of my health? And so with that kind of in my background, uh, in, my, in my psyche, I was always just trying to figure out how I could be in control of my own time and my own life. And so, you know, from mechanic to real estate is, is kind of the impetus for that. And not to go off on too much of a tangent, but, you know, why real estate out of any, any other vehicles? And that's exactly how I view real estate, Chris, is it's a vehicle. Do I wake up in the morning excited to flip houses? Not really. I can't say that that's my passion. But, but it's a vehicle for me to allow me to have my passion, which is spending time with my family, traveling the world. And so, you know, that, that's kind of, kind of what my background is and, and, and why I got into real estate. When I was in my early 20s, my aunt um, was an entrepreneur and she had an online shed company. She used to sell sheds. Nice. Um, anywhere from the little aluminum 10 by 10s that go in the back of somebody's yard or 
full-blown storage facility units. And uh, she asked me to work customer service for her for a little bit. And eventually I became um, the manager overseeing the operations. And one day I said, her name was Gail. I said, Gail, why are you flipping sheds? Like, what's go what are you doing here with the shed business? And, and she said, Chad, it doesn't matter if I'm doing, if I'm selling bubble gum or I'm selling exercise equipment or I'm selling sheds. The process is exactly the same. It's just the profit margins that are different. And so that's always been embedded in the back of my mind. When I was a mechanic, I started flipping cars. And then when I found out about real estate, I said, look, process is going to be the same. You know, you find somebody who wants to sell, you fix it up. You find somebody who wants to buy for a profit. It's just the profit margin is different. And so that's more than my three minutes, but that's, uh, I think, a good brief overview of, of, kind, of kind of what's going on in, in, in my world. That's awesome. That's awesome. I really never knew those, those stories about you. So that's really cool. Um, so tell me, you know, here, here at Money Creators, we really uh, emphasize the importance of having the proper mindset so that you are ready to, uh, you know, to be committed and everything to a, um, a subject, to a, a topic or to a business. Um, the importance of the know-how, the knowledge or ability to be able to do something or, you know, have that uh, specialized uh, knowledge or skills. And then of course the proper tools. And so why don't we talk for a second about mindset, you know, and maybe even at the beginning when you were, uh, whether it's flipping cars, moving into real estate and flipping houses and rentals and all that kind of stuff. Was there, what was your mindset before that or maybe leading into that? And how has that evolved or changed over time? Yeah. My mindset when I was a mechanic came from my grandfather who raised, who basically raised me with my grandma. And he worked 31 years at General Motors. Loved mm -hmm. that man to death, but the automobile industry shortened his lifespan considerably. All those chemicals and long hours, he didn't even want to quit. He passed out one time on the job and almost fell into a vat on the assembly line. And my grandma forced him to quit. And so as I'm early on in my mechanics career, A, I realized that I was following my grandfather's footsteps and B, this job was killing me. I looked over at the line and I saw those guys that were in their 60s complaining, saying, I don't want to crawl underneath this dash. Find the young guy to do it. And I didn't want to be a cranky old guy. I just wanted to be able to live my life and, and fulfill my life. So my mindset was this. I don't understand anything about real estate, but I know real estate is a beautiful vehicle to allow me to have freedom. So what do I need to do? Well, I, I, I can't quit my mechanics job day one to pursue real estate with zero knowledge, no background. So my mindset was, I need to pay the success tax. I have to actually, I want my goal is to work less. However, in order to reach that goal, I have to work more. <laughs> I have to pay the success tax. I have to do what I have to do now to get the skills and the knowledge and the background and the competence to pursue this full time. So that meant I had to wake up even earlier, you know, be to work by eight. This means I wake up at five and I start pursuing my real estate. I'm doing all my real estate work. I eat breakfast. I hop out the door. The guys at work smoke. I, I don't smoke. So I figured, hey, if these guys can take five minutes a, a cigarette every hour to, to go outside and smoke a cigarette, I can answer a phone call for my business. 
So instead of a smoke break, I took a success break every time my phone rang. After work, I spent time with my family. After that, when they went to bed, I'm back grinding, learning real estate. I knew nothing, Chris. I knew nothing about real estate when I got started. I checked out a book at the library and I said, okay, this is cool. Now what? But for me, my mindset was if I'm going to change my life, I have to do things different than what I've been doing. You know, being a mechanic is challenging, but at the same time, it's easy because it's predictable. I know what my day is going to be like every day. As an entrepreneur, I'm, I'm solely in charge of my family's income, and that's scary, but that was a challenge I was willing to take on. As a mechanic, I only got a fraction of the proceeds from my efforts. As an entrepreneur, I get 100% proceeds from my efforts. And with that, that was my mindset. If I can set up my own business, then me and my family get to profit 100% from what I do. Oh, that's cool. That's really, really great. I love the idea of a success tax. You know, it's funny, and I'm sure because you do trainings as well, I'm sure that you've seen this, but uh, some people that, that I train, it's funny how they are not willing to pay that success tax. You know, we all have our set things in life that we're doing, whether it's a job, whether it's, uh, you know, responsibilities with family or other things that, that we have going on as we head into this, you know, entrepreneurial life that we're wanting for ourselves. And so it's interesting to me how so many people say that they want it, but they don't pay that tax as you describe it. And, you know, they're not willing to get up that extra hour or two or stay up late or, or whatever the case may be. So I love that. What a great description. Very, very cool. I think a lot of people are looking for that magic bullet, you know, that silver bullet, that, that pill, that one technique, right. That, that says, okay, like, I get this all the time. Chad, what are you doing for marketing right now? Well, I'm doing the same for marketing as a lot of other people are doing it, but it's not about the techniques. Only 20% of this business is about the techniques. Everybody wants the secret. Everybody wants the magic, but the truth of it is 80% of it is mindset. And people don't want to hear that because they think it's some mystical, magical thing. But why is it that two investors can be toe to toe with each other in the same market, mailing to the same list or cold calling to the same list or texting or marketing to the same list? And one person gets the deal and the other one doesn't. There's a fundamental difference in the mindset of two different investors. So, you know, while everybody's looking for that secret sauce, the secret sauce is work ethic and mindset and, and mindset comes from daily doing what makes you uncomfortable because you're going to get good at what makes you uncomfortable and then you're going to desire something else that makes you uncomfortable because you 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 find discomfort in comfort and so i think that that's really important chris you know you're one of the best coaches that i know i i learned a lot about real estate from you growing you know coming up and um, it's frustrating when you're when you're coaching somebody and you're giving it your all and and to find out that they're just not willing to do the work, you know, they, they, they think that you're there to do the work for them and, and they inside of them have the power to do it themselves, you know? Yeah. Very true. Very true. Well, so obviously mindset's super, super important. You, you touched a little bit on, you know, gaining knowledge and how you would take your, uh, your learning breaks. What would you call it? Success breaks. Um, Success breaks. And go out there and, and, you know, take a phone call or do a bit of studying or whatever for a few minutes, which is really, really cool. What are, what are some of the things that you studied? I mean, obviously real estate, but, um, 
you know, do you remember any specifics or anything like that? Yeah. Um, early on, I was reading a book called Your Town, Your Profit by Dean Graziosi. Uh, I see a Dean Graziosi book behind you there. Um, yeah. True. Millionaire <laughs> Success Habits. So when I got exposed to real estate, Dean Graziosi was the first person that I learned from uh, in book form. Um, and then in, in addition to that, I've always been attracted to spirituality. Um, like what is the human potential? How do we co-create our lives? And so for me, I was just trying to consume as much as I could. Um, but fast forward now, I find just a handful of books that I love and I read those over and over again. Um, for me now, it's not just guzzling down all the information I can. I want to be an expert at the things that I'm consuming. So one of the life-changing books for me is The Science of Getting Rich by Wallace Waddles. Uh, another book written in the same era of, um, of Napoleon Hill's um, Think and Grow Rich. But this book is a short book just filled with nuggets and it just talks about having the right mindset and what, how to structure your life and your thoughts just to be in control of your thoughts and how powerful those thoughts are in, in co-creating your universe. Um, so for me, you know, that was really, really helpful, even more so than some of the real estate books, to be honest with you. Awesome. Kind of gets back into that mindset, isn't it? You know, if you, if you have the right mindset, then you'll be able to move forward in whatever it is you're pursuing. So absolutely, that's good. I love that, that book, Science of Getting Rich. Good stuff. There's, there were a lot of books during that era that um, are still relevant today. You know, gosh, some of these books are probably getting close to a hundred years old um, and maybe, maybe more. And so uh, really you know, the, the mind that these people had back then to be able to have something that endured that long is pretty, pretty cool. Um, let me ask you, so obviously knowledge is really, really important. Having the proper mindset, knowledge, and then that coupled with knowledge is super, super important. One of the things that I've seen people do is they get so, uh, so caught up on needing to know it all, know everything. For instance, in real estate, know exactly how the, what the process is from beginning to end before they take action. In your case, back then, you're sitting there learning, learning, learning. Was there a, how did you transition or how did you tell yourself, okay, now I've got to implement this. Now I've got to actually put this into action. How, how did that come about? Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if I was just, naive or what but I was always under the mindset of I can I can figure this out and I'm going to do this so I I never really had the thought and and now I can see why people think this way like I need to know everything about this before I can do anything for me it was easier for me to take action bite-sized pieces at a time I'm not the smartest guy in the world. I wasn't a very good student. I got, I graduated with a 1.7. I think they said, we don't want to see this guy another year. So let's just uh, graduate him. <laughs> but for me, it's easier for me to break actionable items down piece by piece instead of saying like early on, I would, I would read a whole book and I'd be like, well, shoot, now what do I do now? 
I'll read a book and chapter by chapter, I'll say, okay, this is what I need to do now. The rest of it will come. You know, a lot of these things are building blocks that build on top of each other. Um, in the beginning for me, it was like, okay, to make this real estate thing work, I need to find buyers. I don't know what's going to happen after I find these buyers, but I know if I can find buyers, the next piece will fall into place. I, I, I don't know what made me think that or what made me know that, um, but I knew that I had to take care of first things first. What happens, Chris, is if we feel like we have to know everything before we take action, by the time we get all that information, we're going to forget what we started with and what was the first piece. And now we got to go back and figure out, okay, now what was the first thing again? And the other thing is, Chris, business is always changing. I don't know everything about my craft. Nobody does. You know, you think about the most successful person in real estate or whatever field. Elon Musk is a genius. You think he knows everything about SpaceX today and tomorrow? No. Things are always changing. So if you wait to know everything, you're never going to do anything because you'll never know everything. All the most successful people, I think, they start and, and, and it's the art of Kaizen. You know, it's, it's um, this Japanese art of taking a big task and breaking it into bite-sized pieces. How do you eat an elephant, you know, as the saying goes? Well, one bite at a time. You can't swallow the whole thing, you know, at once. Just start off with a small bite. And then after a while, you will have consumed the whole thing. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, great advice there. So you developed a mindset, still working on the mindset, but developed the mindset uh, in the process of gaining knowledge. And again, like you said, we never know it all, right? So we're, we're constantly uh, seeking more information, better knowledge, but so important that we implement along the way, you know, and that's one thing that I definitely see a lot of people get hung up on. So good stuff. Um, any tools along the way that you, uh, that you picked up that you, that you use today, use back then, uh, tools of the trade, marketing tools, anything like that? Yeah, Chris, that's top secret. That's my secret sauce. I don't want to. <laughs> that's your 11 herbs and spices, right? <laughs> yeah. You wouldn't ask that to Colonel Sanders. So, <laughs> that's right. So for me, um, getting out of my own way was a big thing. Realizing that everybody wasn't against me. It, there's no such thing as competition, really. You know, we're our own competition as far as, you know, as cliche as that sounds. So for me, it was, let me find out who's in my market that is where I want to be. And let me see, not can I extrapolate information from them, but how can I add value to them so that we can share in information? I remember there was a guy, uh, I think he owned a franchise of the We Buy Houses franchise for, you know, and, and obviously I, I know real estate, but I think this applies to any entrepreneurial field. You know, there's a top guy that you're that, that you admire that you're looking at that, that's in your industry. And I reached out to him and I said, hey, I see that you're buying a lot of houses. Um, I'm, I'm new and I just want to know, if, you know, if there's anything I can do to help. Maybe I can find some houses for you. You know, what is it that you buy? And just started building a relationship that way, introducing myself. And over time. By not saying, you know, what, <laughs> what can you give me? Rather, what can I give to you? Uh, he invited me to meet with him and his wife, and we sat down at a coffee shop, and, 
and he actually handed me a list of houses that were set to go to the auction. And he said, you know, if, if you don't mind working this list, then we'll split the deals as you find them. So it went from me asking a, 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 an established investor in my market, you know, how can I help you? Can I send you deals to that established investor meeting with me, sharing a coffee and giving me his marketing list. And um, I, I think that's one of the biggest pieces of advice that I could give to people as a, as a tool realize that there are people out there that love to see you be successful, whether they know you or not. Successful people want to see other people be successful. And so if you can you know, surround yourself with those type of people, then, then you're gonna learn at an exponential rate. That's really, really cool. You know, to me, that goes right along with what we teach here at Money Creators. And that is, if, if you think it, and you believe it, meaning you believe in yourself, you believe that you can accomplish this, then you literally can go out there and create an opportunity for yourself. And that story that you just told is, the, is a great example of that. That's exactly what we're talking about. You know, had you not approached him, had you not asked if there was anything that you could do for him, then that would have never happened. Right. And I don't know how that would have affected your business overall. It sounds like it would have had a really big impact on, on how you did business. Uh, you know, how that created your business, helped to build your business. But the reality is, is that you created an opportunity there by asking if you could help by showing your willingness and, and things like that. So very, very cool story. Thanks for sharing that. Good stuff. Really, yeah. You know, we're, we're, um, it's so important that we take action on things. And so uh, reaching out to him is a great example of that. You obviously have done a lot of real estate deals and everything. You are living in South America right now. Uh, as we do this, you know, I'm still up here in the States. You're down there. You're living your lifestyle, the lifestyle that you and your family want to live. Why don't you tell us just a little bit about, um, about how you've been able to, cause you're still doing deals here in the United States, right? Yeah, and so, absolutely. So why don't you give us just a snapshot of what it's like or what you, you know, what it's been like to be able to put that together and how you are able to, you know, teach other people to do basically the same thing, whether they want to live out of the country or just live down, you know, at, at the lake while deals are happening in the city for them. Why don't you tell a little bit about your, uh, autopilot life. Yeah. Yeah. That's the autopilot life. Thanks for saying that, Chris. That's the name of my education company, you know, setting your business on autopilot so you can live the life that you want. You know, I know that not everybody wants to travel the world full time, uh, but I think everybody wants more time. They want to own their own time and kind of be the, the co-creators of their destiny um, and, and be in control of that. So for me, um, in the beginning of my real estate career was just kind of grind and hustle, do everything myself. And then I realized that that only gets me so far. And it also doesn't get me to the place where I wanted to go. Uh, that was a necessary step towards my freedom. But then I re realized that what I was building was not giving me freedom. It was just creating another job for myself. So then I had to figure out how can I systematize this process now? How can I rely on... Uh, OPT, you know, other people's time. How can I utilize that, right? So 
from there, I started growing my business, um, not to be like what I see some of my mentors being, you know, they have this big office, they have 20, 30 people in their office. And I'm not an office guy. That was never a goal of mine. I remember having a, a conversation with one of my mentors and he said, yeah, you know, almost in a bragging way, I have to make 40, 50 K a month just to break even to, to pay for my payroll and my office and my expenses. And in my mind, I was like, that sounds horrible. I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to do that. So I had to create a way that made sense for my lifestyle. Um, a combination of 1099 employees and virtual assistants and boots on the ground and people that were really good at their individual tasks and people that were okay working remotely. You know, when I was thinking about my business, I was thinking is the best person, for example, for negotiations, is the best person for negotiations in my market? Probably not. Probably not. Maybe they're in LA, maybe they're in New York, maybe they're somewhere else in another country. And so why limit myself for a position that doesn't necessarily need to be there in person to find somebody that's okay working remotely? And so that's kind of how I, how I started scaling my business. I was the bottleneck for my own business because I was trying to do everything. And it's a scary thing for a lot of entrepreneurs to give up control of some of the different tasks inside your business. But my growth was exponential when I started doing that. And so from there, I realized that I wasn't as necessary inside of my business as I thought, which was a heartbreak and a relief at the same time. <laughs> it was a shot to my ego that I wasn't as important. But the more I thought about it, I said, this is a good thing for me because I don't have to be as involved and I can move towards, you know, what my end goal was is just spending more time. So fast forward, now that I realize that I don't have to be in my market to do deals, I've figured out, well, if that's the case in my market, then why can't I go attack some other markets? And so I doubled my income, tripled my income as I reached out and started using the blueprint that I created in my own market to get free, to duplicate myself in other markets. And then eventually it came to the point where it's like, yeah, let's, let's travel more. We would go on vacations, Hey, my business didn't fall apart while I was gone. My end goal was always to try to travel and see the world and give culture to my kids and experience new things with them. And so in 2018, checked in on the business, you know, lifted my head out of the foxhole, peeked around, coast was clear, all, all was safe. And so we, we packed up and um, turned our, our, our primary house into an Airbnb and just started traveling full time. And Chris, you know, with, with that blueprint that I created for my life uh, is something that I'm able to share with my students now and, and, and teach them maybe not to travel the world, but how do they get a few extra hours a day back? Yeah, I love that. And, you know, just what you said, it's a blueprint, right? And when somebody follows the blueprint, they follow the plan, then they're able to replicate it or duplicate it for their own life. And so, and it doesn't mean that they have to live where you live or anything, but they can literally uh, have a business, own a business, but not be involved in the day to day. So very cool stuff. And um, I know I've, it's been so cool to watch you on this, you know, these last uh, couple of years of you and your wife's journey and seeing how your kids have developed. And of course it's kind of at arm's length. I'm watching you as a, as a friend on Facebook and everything, but cool stuff, you know, that you've been able to experience and everything. And I almost feel like I'm right there, but 
you know, but still uh, have my breath. I'm not out of breath. <laughs> yeah, you, you, <laughs> you've done some cool stuff though. So, okay. Um, as we kind of get ready to wind things down, what does the future hold for you? Do you have any, you know, one year, two year, five year goals, anything like that that you'd be willing to share with us? Or is that just yeah, I'm happy to share that with you. <laughs> Not sharing <laughs> that. Secret sauce again. That's right. Um, no, I think that's an important question. It's such a good question, Chris. For It's something that I think about a lot. It's something that I wake up in the morning time and I always re refresh my goals and, and, and kind of where I'm going with my life. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, as I started transitioning to traveling and doing less, I was doing less all the way around. Um, and, I, and I look back on it and, I, and I'll explain myself. I look back on it, Chris, and I said, you know what, I think there's a lot of people that could benefit from kind of my experience and the things that I've seen along the way and done along the way. You know, there's a lot of people on Facebook with their Lamborghinis and their Ferraris and their Rolls Royces. And um, I think for some people that's the epitome of success, but that never resonated with me. You know, that was never a goal of mine to, to have a, have a six figure vehicle because I, I can't see myself inside my car, right? Yeah. <laughs> so that tells me that that sport car is for everybody else's benefit. Look at me. Look at what I've done. Right. Now, not to knock those people that, that have the cars, but I'll, I'll tell you, I had a mentor that had a, had a car like that. And the guy never drove it anywhere because he was afraid he was going to get scratched. <laughs> so he spent all this time to achieve this thing. And once he got it, he couldn't use it he was too afraid of it you know so he became a, a a fearful man of his own possessions you know and so the possessions owned him and uh, a year or so later he he sold it for less than he bought it and for me you know i i obviously have monetary goals but you know i'm always curious about the people that are younger than me or or even not not necessarily even younger than me but they're looking at these guys and thinking that that's the ultimate sign of success and for me, at the end of the day, it's just to be in control of, of my decision-making ability. Um, and if, a, if my Lamborghini is telling me I can't go to the store because somebody's going to scratch it, then mm. I didn't hit my goal. So, Chris, my goal now, since, since I, I feel like I've been a little bit selfish with my time and, and not sharing what I've learned along the way, is I, I really want to make an impact now. Uh, my business is great. I realize that there's a couple of different types of investors. You have a lifestyle investor. That's somebody who's trying to hit a certain lifestyle and they're happy with that. And then there's achievement based investors. And those are the investors that are trying to see how far their talents and techniques take them. For a long time, I thought I was an achievement-based investor. I just wanted to see how much I could accomplish. What could I do next? What could I do next? And now I realize that that, that doesn't fulfill me. What fulfills me is being able to spend time with my family. And so once I've reached, reached a certain consistency in my income, of course, I'll do different marketing things. I'll look at different markets. But my biggest goal, Chris, is just trying to help more people. I, I, I want to reach more students. Uh, I, I want to show people kind of what my experiences have been, what things did not work for me, some things that did work for me, I think. In our social media, you know, kind of day and age, you know, we see the polished version of so many people's stories, but very few people are willing to share the things that 
didn't go well for them. And I think that's the good stuff, Chris. I really think those are some of the most important things. If I can just share with people, you know, what I did that made me fall flat on my face, that might be a little bit embarrassing for me. I don't mind sharing that because I think it's going to help people avoid that. So for me, you know, my, my goals now are, are to, to figure out how I can a continue to better myself so that I can be help others as well. That's awesome. That's awesome. I, I know exactly what you're talking about as far as the uh, you know, the folks that are real flashy with, with everything. And I, and I don't blame them. I don't condemn them. There's, you know, that's just, how they see success and that's fine. Um, but I know exactly what you're talking about. One thing that's always impressed me with you, you know, the times that we've been able to, to, uh, work together, uh, and go off and, you know, just, you know, enjoy that relaxation time and everything else is that you are very even killed. And, um, and so when somebody comes to train with you, what they see is what they get. You know, you have been able to take everything that you've learned, these successes, and bundle them into a just a here's what you get. If you really want to live the lifestyle that you choose, not that someone else chooses for you, like the boss that you mentioned earlier, uh, then here's what you can do to achieve that. So I love that about you, Chad, and I've really appreciated it over the years as we've known each other. So thanks for sharing that. Yeah, I appreciate that. You know, so, so many lessons can be learned through stories instead of just the black and white, you know? Yeah. So I always try to be more mindful of that. Yeah. Totally. Totally agree with that. All right. So as we wrap this up, two action steps that you would encourage people to take. Yeah. If they want to, you know, if they want to go out there and live that lifestyle. Yeah. One, work on yourself. You know, that's a lifelong thing, you know, find something that encourages you, that motivates you, you know, um, every morning I, I have a routine and, and part of that routine is to watch a motivational video because the thing about entrepreneurship, some days we just don't feel like it. And as the boss, you don't have to, <laughs> but the thing about it is, you know, uh, one of the biggest things is to continue to have sustained motivation. So um, it's easy to get caught up in the day-to-day -day grind of your own business or if you're working for somebody else and you're hoping to get out of that grind and have your own business. The one thing is you got to work on yourself, whatever that case, whatever it is, strengthening your mind, bettering your self-talk, getting rid of negative self-talk, you know, getting more confidence, not being afraid to make mistakes. You know, maybe there's a YouTube video that, that you could watch, something that every day is just building a solid routine. That way your results are, are predictable for that day. Because I know how I start my day controls the entire rest of my day. I don't care if it's, if it's 7, 7.59 in the morning. If something is thrown off my, uh, my morning routine, maybe I got a, 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 an email from a, a contractor that said we're 10K over budget or something and I haven't hit my morning routine yet and I'm not ready to receive that. The rest of my day after 8 a.m. Is, is shot. So, so, so do me, you tell your contractors don't talk to me until afternoon? <laughs> I, don't even, I don't even check. That's what I, That's <laughs> awesome. I guess I should specify that. Keep the, bad, keep the bad news to yourself until after. There no. You. So, so let me clarify. That's a great point. There's going to be bad news. <laughs> You're going to have bad news sometimes. But if I control how my day starts, I'll control how my day ends. So if I know that I'm going to meditate, I'm going to take a cold shower, 
I'm going to read my goals. I'm going to watch a motivational video. And I'm going to exercise. If that's my daily routine and something allows me to mess that up, then the rest of my day is off kilter because somebody now is in control of how my day has started. So now I don't even check that stuff. After my morning routine, I will check my emails. I'll check my voicemail, but they're not even on yet. I don't, I don't even deal with it. So to come back, it's just what can you do to better yourself? The second thing is understanding your worth inside of your business. What does that mean? What is your dollar? What is your what is your dollar dollar rate? What is your hourly rate inside of your business? I think so many people undervalue their time, and they say, "Hey, uh, here's a task that's going to take an hour. I could probably pay somebody five bucks to do it. It's easier for me to do it. I'll just do it right now." If somebody's a W two employee, I would ask them, "What? How much do you make in your W two? You make twenty an hour?" You make 30 an hour, 40 an hour. If that's the case, then why wouldn't you pay somebody $5 to do this? If your time is worth three times, 10 times worth that. Why not? Because that's an hour that you can be using to do your $40 an hour activities or $50 an hour activities or as entrepreneurs, much more an hour. So I think a lot of people, Chris, have not thought about what their worth is per hour inside of their business. Because once you realize what your value is, then you can outsource so many other things that are worth less than that inside of your business. So those are the kind of two pieces of advice and action items that I would uh, suggest to the people do. Awesome. So work on themselves, come up with maybe if we even got a little more specific, come up with a, a daily routine or a morning routine that starts them off right. Would that be a good Good way to put it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Chris, for everybody, it's going to be something different that gets them excited in the morning. Like, cool. What really excites you? For me, when I start with meditation, I can control my thoughts and my emotions. That's an opportunity for me to practice that. Now, through the rest of the day, when something crazy happens, I've already started my day practicing control of my emotions and my thoughts. So I can choose how I react to them. But for other people, maybe it's prayer, maybe it's exercise, okay? I also get excited by reading my goals. I do something a little bit different with my goals um, where my goals are a mixture of things that I've accomplished and things that I am yet to accomplish. Mm -hmm. So that my brain doesn't really distinguish between the two as I'm reading them because I read them in affirmation form as if they've already happened. So if I say I'm, I'm so grateful that I got to speak up on stage in front of a thousand people, right? That's already happened. I'm so grateful that I closed a deal for $250,000. That hasn't happened yet, but I'm reading them and experiencing them in the same vibration. And that really gets me excited. So yeah, the first thing is to find out what motivates you, something that, that, that you want to start your day with. Absolutely. I think if you look at the top successful business people in the entire world, they have a substantial morning routine. 90 plus percent of them do. That's awesome. That's awesome. So uh, again, work on yourself and understand what your worth is inside of your business. And maybe even take a, a few minutes and calculate out what, uh, truly calculate what your time is worth inside the business. So 
Great, great advice. Thanks. Now, for everyone listening, uh, you've heard Chad talk a lot about where he came from, uh, where he is now, how he's able to live the, the lifestyle that he and his family want to live. Um, you can find more information about Chad and his autopilot life uh, program by simply going to moneycreators.com slash Chad. That's moneycreators.com slash Chad. And we'll have a link to Chad's program there. You can check it out. You can see if it's something that, uh, that would help you in obtaining the life that you want to live. So uh, be sure and check that out. It'll also be listed in the show notes. So Chad, any parting advice that you want to give us before we, before we sign off here? Yeah, just to kind of resonate with what we've been talking about so far is just don't be afraid to take the first step. You know, if there's a lot of people that are on the fence and they feel like they've got to gobble down every bit of information that there is before they take action, understand that I've failed so many times. I've put myself in so many embarrassing situations that I've learned from and it's made me strong. So anybody that's listening, I want you to understand that you're probably not going to do everything perfectly. You're going to make some mistakes and you're going to be better because of it. So don't avoid those because those are the best learning lessons. Great, great stuff, man. I, I am so grateful that you've come on here. Uh, so great being able to uh, catch up with you a little bit and certainly be able to learn from you. I've learned a lot from you in the past and it just continues. So really appreciate you very much, Chad. Yeah. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for having me. I enjoy spending time with you, bud. Awesome. All right. Well, guys, that is another episode in the can. It uh, has been great to have Chad Bartlett here on the program. And remember, as we sign off, that it really isn't about the money at all. It's about lifestyle. It's about freedom. It's about contribution. And it's about purpose. It's about finding out what you were put on this earth to do and going out and creating that for yourself. So until the next episode, thank you very much for tuning in. Be sure and hit that subscribe button and we will see you next time. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. That's it for now. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next earth shattering episode. Till next time, this is Chris Strickland.